It is your Wednesday daily delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Happy to have you guys back for another day. Not a great night in Minnesota sports on Tuesday. The Wild loses four nothing. Never really in that game. Pivotal game five it was, but they did not look or act like it was all that important. Got it got behind early because of penalties. Marcus Felino takes a bad penalty early on. Uh, gets a five-minute major in a game misconduct for a knee-to-knee hit. Looked bad to me. Looked like he earned it to me. Um, Chip Scoggins and I will talk about that game and the Timberwolves game here in a little bit. Wolves put up a good effort. Um, you know, we're not into moral victories in the playoffs, not with a veteran team like the Wolves. And, yes, they are a veteran team. I know people keep calling them a young team. That is not a young team. Um, they've gotten absolutely nothing from any of their last two draft classes. I'll get to that in a minute, too. So they are not a young team. They are a veteran team. So um, not into the moral victories with veteran teams. I did I did like their effort in this series in general, and particularly in Game 5 and Game 4 on uh, the one that they won at Target Center. Losing 112-109, though, on Tuesday, and their season is now over. Get to that here in just a minute as well. First, though, let's start with some good news, maybe, uh, just because it's been a lot of Wolves and Wild, and it's not been great um, lately, With obviously with the Wolves eliminated and the Wild on the brink now, heading into Game 6 back at XL Energy Center on Friday. The good news is, kind of while everybody was gnashing their teeth and, and thinking about those two teams, the Twins beat the Yankees again. 6-2 was your final on Tuesday. Joe Ryan goes to 5 and 0, first pitcher in the major leagues to get to 5 wins. Um offense was better. Again, it's been a little bit better lately. Jorge Polanco's return certainly helping Byron Buxton with a home run, Trevor Larnick with a home run. So, starting to find a little bit of that lineup balance, but the bigger takeaway from that game was of course the win was over the Yankees, clinched the season series over the Yankees, first time in 22 years. Do you fully comprehend what that means? I mean, that's 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 unbelievable to think about because the Twins have had, uh, you know, countless division winners during that time. They've been to the playoffs like eight, nine, ten times in that span. A lot of times playing the Yankees in the playoffs, never beating them in the series. So you know the Yankees are better than the Twins. But my goodness, 22 years since the last time they won the season series against the Yankees. That, to me, just, I, I can't even really comprehend how bad they've been against the Yankees, but the, the winning percentage tells you how bad it's been. But um, I just, I just, I can't really fathom that because they play, well, they play each other like six times a year um, or have in the past, and that, you know, six or seven times if they can't win four of those games in a given season. But, Okay, I promised that was gonna be positive, not negative. They 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 beat the Yankees. They beat the Yankees for the second game in a row for the fourth time in six tries this season. And you know, beyond just that milestone, or beyond just you know being better against the Yankees, is something I mentioned a few times already this season. That's that's that they've won the season series now against New York. They beat the Astros a couple times earlier this season. These have these are teams that have given them absolute fits in recent years, um, you know, recent decades for the Yankees, but the Astros too, you know, when they've played the better teams in recent seasons, especially last year when they were contending but never really threatening because of how bad they were. I think they were 0-6 against the Astros, just really not competitive even against a lot of these better teams a season ago. 
That, to me, is the biggest sign of optimism for this team relative to last year's team is that they do seem to be competitive, that they do seem to have the sort of pitching in particular that can hold up against these better teams, these more free-spending teams, these veteran teams like the Astros, like the Yankees. And I don't think the Astros and the Yankees are the best versions of themselves yet. I think the Twins got them at a good time in the year when the Twins are pitching well, and maybe those teams haven't sorted themselves out fully yet. But that, to me, is the biggest sign of, hey, okay, maybe they've got something cooking here, 14-10, and 10, had a little blip there for a while, but uh, but got back now with three wins in a row. Feels like they've they're starting to build something here with this roster. So I'll be I'll be curious to see how that plays out the rest of the year. If they can keep being competitive, keep winning games against these good teams, because that certainly was not their mo a season ago. And of note, with the Yankees' failure this year, is three former Twins on their roster who have done almost absolutely nothing this season. Josh Donaldson. Two for 16. He's hurt right now. Um, Aaron Hicks, uh, long ago former former twin, but four for 31 this season. And Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who was on the Twins for about 24 hours, is six for 34 this season. So those former twins weighing down the Yankees to a certain degree, weighing down the payroll, weighing down their team this year. So Twins got the better of those trades, those deals, those swaps for sure. And for for once in their lives, they've gotten the better of the Yankees. And uh, that truly is for once in their lives if they are of a certain age because it's been 22 years since they won the season series. They can finally say they did it again. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Now i got to move on to the Wolves for a minute. Chip and I are going to talk a lot of Wild and then a little bit of Wolves at the end of our uh, our discussion. But the Wolves this season... Just to kind of put a bow on this, and I think um, at some point here, Chris Hine and I will do a longer kind of season in review. But to me, I think the overriding theme of this season is I just kind of take it in as a whole, as I think about the playoffs, as I think about where they wound up this year, and when I think about kind of the expectations going into the season, coming off of a 46-win season, coming off of a playoff series where they were very competitive, and some might say should have beaten Memphis a year ago, the Gobert trade, you know, the, the expectations of, man, this is a team that should be top four in the West. The West kind of played out how we thought it would, where it was not great. There's a lot of good teams in the West, but I don't think there's one single great team in the West. That conference was wide open. Thinking about all those things, watching the Wolves wind up with 42 wins this season. I know Carl Anthony Towns was hurt. I'll get to a quote from him in a minute. I know he was hurt for a lot of this season for about 60% of the regular season. But when he was when he was healthy, this thing was not great. This thing was not humming along. To me the overall theme of this season is just missed opportunity, right? Cuz the West was there for them, the roster was there for them. If they could have tied this together more quickly, could have figured out ways to win more quickly, executed against bad teams, had some modicum of focus, against bad teams, having a losing record against teams with losing records this season just absolutely killed them 
in the long run, made this season, kind of clouded this season. And the missed opportunity to me is this. Um, you know, one, just the expectations. Any year you, you have expectations and you don't meet them, that to me means you have a certain a certain amount of missed expect, uh, uh, missed opportunity. Though the biggest piece to me, though, is this. They still have Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels on their rookie-scale contracts. They're, this was the third year of four for those guys, made about like $14, 15000000 million combined between the two of them this season. That's kind of like having a a really good quarterback on their rookie rookie contract in the NFL. That is a cheat code for success in the NBA. You have an all-star caliber player, an all-star in Anthony Edwards, who you know was only only you know these are relative terms, but only making you know about you know, ten, twelve, thirteen million dollars this season. Jaden McDaniels evolving into an All NBA defensive style player this season. Now again. They were missing McDaniels because of his stupidity in the playoffs because he punched a wall. Immaturity right there. Um, they, you know, they were obviously missing Naz Reed in the playoffs, missing Kyle Anderson. Those guys are all key players, but none of those guys are your star core players, I don't think. I think that that's Gobert, Towns, and Edwards. They certainly aren't among your highest paid players right now. Um, but you know, not to digress there, the, the bigger point is they, they missed an opportunity this year with both of those young players on those rookie deals. They only have one more year of those guys on relatively low contracts. It'll be about $17 million combined next season while, you know, Gobert makes 40 million, Towns makes, you know, 35, 38 million dollars. Conley's slated to make 24 next year. They've got all these other pieces around them. Next year is really the last opportunity they have with a full full roster to do anything. And that that means you know they had this kind of two-year window with with these guys on their 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 you know their rookie deals. Once those kick into extensions in the 24-25 season, they're going to be making like four times what they make right now. They're going to be making like 60-70 million dollars a year combined between Edwards and uh, and Jade McDaniels, I would think depending on what McDaniels extension looks like assuming they do give him an extension which is almost a no-brainer at this point. So the missed opportunity is not taking advantage of this window, at least not this season, this two-year window where they had these guys still on their rookie deals. That, to me, is the biggest disappointment. You had that opportunity, you didn't take it, and that's going to force them to be at a certain crossroads, if not this offseason, then certainly next offseason. Now, their question in the offseason right now is this. Do they want to make some of these harder decisions now, or do they want to wait and see what they can do with this roster fully formed again. I think Carl Anthony Towns is lobbying for the latter, trying to run this back and get better internally. Here was Towns after Tuesday's loss. You know, it just it's just gonna take a little more time. You know, I obviously got hurt, but um from for me alone, you know, it just was a big transition. Never haven't played four since college, you know, been known for playing five in this league for eight years seven years, coming in the eighth year and you know obviously things have to change. So um just, you know, more time with each other. You know, obviously it felt we had a whole season to really get it down pack. And then, you know, in the playoffs we have it right. But obviously I, I didn't have that season that I thought I would have with getting injured. So um, I think that we all grew, grew all of us together. We grew in knowing how to find Rudy, how to get him involved, where his spots are. And, you know, it just comes with some, some time. And I felt that we, uh, through time, we, we found him pretty well. Um, you know, but with the off season, we'll even find him in better positions and even put him in better positions to succeed. 
Now, the risk there is if you run it back and it doesn't work, you've wasted another year, and then you're kind of out of chances, and then you have to do something like trade Carl Anthony Towns. I'm of the more proactive mind. Chip Scoggins and I will get into some of that and a little bit more right now. All right, I've talked enough for a little, at least a little while. Let's bring in Chip Scoggins right now, Star Tribune columnist, wrote about the Wild um, Tuesday for Wednesday's paper and on Star Tribune dot com um chip i think you were right on with the the main theme from this game and this series uh power play has just been killing the wild penalty kill power play however you want to however you want to shape it and after having game four turn on you know what what probably were questionable penalties but still an aggressive marcus felino comes right into game five and two minutes in picks up uh you know a, a a five-minute major and a game misconduct. We can debate whether that was a game misconduct or not. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought he earned it. But even if we're not going to debate that, it was definitely a penalty. And right away again, it, they're in a they're in a one nothing hole because they can't stop this Dallas power play. What 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 do you make of this approach that they're taking right now? That's clearly not working. Yeah, what uh, my column focused on the whole narrative. This whole series has been. The Wild's tough. They're physical. They're going to hit. They're going to wear them down. Grit first. And and that's fine. But you either – you got two options here. Dial back the rough play or learn to kill a penalty because this yeah. is not working. Yeah. I mean, you can't – if you're going to play that way and, you know, Dallas coach Pete DeBoer, anytime he – you know, he's at the mic, he tells – says publicly that – the wild were six in penalties and they're always going to the penalty box. And I guarantee you the you know, the officials are hearing that um, they know the narrative. And so if they're, you can't with whatever's going on with their penalty kill. I mean, it's just absolutely atrocious right now. Not only yeah. are they going to penalty kill, they're giving up goals like within 10 seconds. Yes. Or less. Which you never, so you, you just don't see that. I mean, no, they've had three, <laughs> three of their nine have come in less than 10 seconds. So it's, uh, it's a bad combination now, and on top of that, their penalty kills has been awful. They're not converting chances. This game started with Sam Steele having a breakaway with like a minute and a half in. He misses yeah. the net. He goes wide, which happened, you know, twice twice in Game Four they had breakaways. So not only you know they're not converting their chances, they're going to the penalty box and and seems like every time that uh, I, I have to imagine Dallas is around. What forty five fifty percent on their yeah, pedal, on their power are. play right now? So it, it, you're not going to win. You're not going to win a series this way. No. So I don't know. Dean Evison has to do something lineup wise to try to get Boldy, try to get Kirill. I think Kirill's hurt. Um, he just yeah. doesn't look like the same guy. But um, but more so, you can't just keep giving up two power play goals a game and think no. you're going to win. No, I mean it's just it's it's just. It's just kind of ridiculous at this point with what we've been seeing, and it's it's you know it started at the beginning of the of the series. I mean they they escaped that double overtime win in game one, even though they gave up those two power play goals that were three seconds and six seconds in. So this has been a story for pretty much the whole series. It's definitely where Dallas turned momentum in game two. Wild held them down certainly in game three. The penalty kills a little bit better there, but four and five. I mean. Anytime yeah. you look up, it's it's the Dallas power play telling the story. The five on five has been generally better for the Wild than it has been for Dallas in this series. But if if you can't stay out of the box and if you can't kill a penalty, like you said, and I think you can draw a fairly straight line. This is not explaining all of it, but 
Erickson Eck is one of their best penalty killers, mm-hmm. and he's at least a decent draw um, on those yeah. faceoffs. And part of this is they can't win a faceoff in in that yeah. zone. When Dallas when Dallas is scoring quick, it's they win the draw. They work it to the spot they want it. The wild looks discombobulated. Dallas gets a bunch of guys in the net. And that's how you beat Gustafson, right? You, yeah. you have to beat him clean usually, but you get some traffic in front of him. You get some of that. You come, you know, get some of those bounces, and that's how you that's how you beat him. So I think Erickson, Erickson Eck, they miss him a lot, but especially in those uh, five on four situations. A- absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's he's the leader there in that, and I, I think, you know. You can tell Dean's frustrated. The players are frustrated. Fans are frustrated with the officials. You know, I didn't like the two penalties on Felino in game four. I thought they were yeah. just bad calls. Um, I thought the one tonight was a penalty for sure. I I didn't think it's so egregious. Me and, me and you might differ on that about whether it should be a game misconduct, but it was a penalty. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's a loser's lament to sit here and, you know, say how bad the official is fishing is and they're out to get the wild and all this. When you can't stop the power play and you're blowing chances, you forfeit the right to complain about the officiating. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it, it's interesting. Like, well, where do they go in game six now? Obviously back at XL Energy Center on Friday night. Um, they'll be the only, I'm mean, not the only show in town. The wild, the, I think the, uh, maybe the, I think the twins probably gone by then, but the, the wolves are done now. We'll talk about that in a yeah. minute. Um, they've kind of got the spotlight all to themselves, but like you said, this isn't just a, I mean, the penalty kill is obviously the biggest story of this series, but like you said, the, another big story is they've got one goal combined between Kaprizov and Boldy, the guys who really carried a lot of their offense this year. Now they've got some decent balance in, in their scoring in the playoffs this year. They just haven't gotten their, yeah. their main guys going and, and maybe you're right. Maybe Kaprizov isn't a hundred percent because he had that injury at the end of the season and, you know, Boldy, you know, there's kind of been all around the the lineup playing with different guys. So I wonder if that's that's impacting him as well. But they got to get more from their best players. I mean, that's that's another yeah. part of the bottom line here. Yeah, they got to get more from them. And, you know, if you look at game four, I, I didn't think they played poorly. They just didn't convert chances. Yes, I thought I thought they were good in game four. They were. I mean, you, you had I mean, tonight was a stinker. They just I, I didn't like after after that start, they looked. Uh, the urgency wasn't there. It just looked flat, the whole thing. Um, But I thought, you know, game four, I mean, you look at the odd man rushes they had, the chances they had, um, they just didn't convert them, which is, we've heard that song many times in the the wild previous playoffs. Um, Tonight, they just didn't play good. So I, you know, I think they're still, you know, it almost feels like, if they can get a goal from Kirill, this thing will just explode for them, right? Yes. And like, there'll be the sigh release, get so much confidence from that. Um, but he, to me, he just doesn't look healthy. Um, but that's you know, he's on the ice and he's playing in Boldy same way. And I know Boldy's been kind of shuffling back between center and yeah. Uh, that's the other thing. It's like they had to play the last two games short, you know, shorthanded, right. and right. so. Um, they have to figure out a way and, and let's give, you know, Ottinger is, yeah, I mean, he's, he, really he's played good. really well. He's, he's played well. So, but you know, you still got to find a way to score and they've yes. had chances. And so I just think, you know, if they can get one early and play with the lead, yes. then um, I think that will help them. So, but here, here they are again, Mike. I mean, they're staring down another first round exit and 
if it happens, they will look back at that game four with regret because you had a chance to go up three one. You had a bunch of scoring chances, yep. and you just you didn't convert. You didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of regret in this series. I, st- I still think about game two and the decision to play yeah. Flurry. Not not that Gustafson has been great these last two games, but it just felt like they kind of they kind of punted on that game. That still bothers me. But you're right. Game four is probably the one where you're right. They came back. They got the two one series lead. They played well in that game. Maybe got some unfortunate calls. You know, the things didn't go didn't didn't go their way. They were still right there to to tie at the end and didn't didn't get the didn't get that thing into overtime. So that will be it. Uh, I, I still like their chances in game six. I feel like they've been fairly resilient this year. And if they can get it to a game seven, I, I think it's a it's it's kind of a fairly even proposition that they can advance. But um you can just as easily see this go the other way, right? If they, if they get the goal in game six and kind of get that sigh of relief, but if they give up another one like they did tonight, yeah. it could, the, the, the mood could get pretty ugly. They could get tense pretty quick inside that building on Friday. Yeah. Do you, uh, what do you think they do at goal goalie? That's a good question. I, I would stay with Gustafson, especially because it's not a question of rest because you've got two game, you got two days off and I just, he's, he's just been your better goalie. I, I, they might be tempted to make a change, um, I would. I would not. I would stay with Gus. I, yeah, I would, would too. I mean, I don't. I don't think. I mean, he hasn't been. You know, lights out like we've seen Ottinger, but I don't think he's been the problem. It's been no. You know, I mean, he, won, other he won them game one. He won them Correct. game one. So Correct. he's already won them one game in the series, and he was good in the the five one game too. Yeah. So, um, sorry, my things are. Yeah, I, I think you stay there, but I, I do think you have to, and I don't know what they are but you have to make some lineup tweaks because uh, you can't just roll out there the same lines, the same, and, and think that's, I mean, something's clearly broken with their penalty kill yeah. for one and their power play. I mean, you, you know, um, they've got to figure out a, a way to fix that and get better from that. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, they have an extra day in here now. It's not, you got two days off now. So right. this gives Dean a chance, Dean Evans and his staff, a chance to kind of, uh, figure out a different plan because they, they have to do something different here. Wolves have about five months off now. <laughs> they uh, Their season is over. I got no problem with the effort they gave um, tonight. And you know, even in the last four games, I thought they were, I thought they played reasonably well after getting blown out in game one. Obviously they were extra shorthanded tonight uh, with no Kyle Anderson. In addition to the guys they were already missing and then, Towns and Gobert fouled out by the end, so like Nate Knight yeah. is playing like in, <laughs> in like the biggest like elimination moment. No, no disrespect to Nate Knight, but I don't think that was the plan um, at the beginning of the season or even going into this game. But you know, I, now that the now that the season's over, you know, I, I I got no qualms with the playoff effort, but I don't think we can overlook how they got here and the, the yeah. hiccups and bumps. Like this was not supposed to be a team that was in the play in fighting for the eight seed and having to play a really good team like Denver in the first round. This is a team that was supposed to challenge for a top four seed and have a more favorable first round matchup. And I think when you look back at the pieces they had, I think that could have been what this team was. They just lacked whatever that focus was, lacked whatever that extra gear was to get to that spot. And of course the town's injury hurt, but I, I still feel like even though I, I liked the effort in the playoffs this whole year, it's just was valuable in going through it and getting Edwards that more playoff experience, but it, it still was a was, it was such a disappointing season. Yeah, and it's going to be convenient 
for people to say, well, Towns missed 52 games. Yeah. You know, you didn't have him. But even not having him, the number of losses to really bad teams, yeah. the worst teams in the NBA, teams that yeah. are tanking, the worst teams, uh, you should be able to win those games without Towns. Hey, you maybe slip up once, maybe twice. Right. Not the degree to which they did. And, and you know, Chris Finch admitted it, that his team showed a lack of maturity yeah. at times throughout this year. And it, that's what it was. And, you know, when you have the players that they still had, you should not lose those games. And so they put themselves in a position where you're having to play a play-in game, where if you win those games, or the majority, or 90% of those games, um, that you just kind of punted and you had, you know, an unprofessional effort, or we, as we always said, a, a not serious effort. Yeah. Um, this is what you get. You draw the number one seat. And I don't, Denver's a good team. I yes. don't think they're the world beaters. No. Like, I, I would be Phoenix, surprised. I think if, Phoenix is going to absolutely dominate them in this next round. I will be surprised if they are in the Western Conference Finals. Yes. Um, so now you look ahead and, you know, Tim Connolly has decisions to make here on uh, does he run it back and try to say, well, you know, Towns wasn't here 52 games, blah, blah, blah. Or I would, I would shop cat and just see what you could get. Yeah. I, I really, would. Have I mean, I think this playoff series reiterated in a not subtle way. You build everything around Ant. Yeah. I mean, you, Ant you just and defense. Do. Ant and defense. Yeah. That's it. And, and yeah. they got to get some more shooters. They got to like, they got to build the right team around Ant so that when he's, you know, getting guys the open looks, they're going down more than they are right now. They weren't a bad shooting team this year, but I think they could be better. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. The, I was watching the game on, on Valley Sports North and the camera lingered on Cat a lot at the end. And then maybe that's just natural because that's, that's a guy yeah. that was on the court and sitting there, but it's, just kind of made me wonder, like, are they picking up on something that, you know, this could be his last game? I don't know. I, I don't know yeah. if that's going to be the case. I, I don't know if they're going to be tempted to say this needs another year to see if we can get this right with this mix. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I'd be really tempted to see if you can create a different roster balance and get away from this too big lineup that just doesn't seem like it works enough. I, I don't think the too big. I, I just think, you know, it, you know, it's a quandary because you're going to get nothing in return for uh, Gobert. Like yeah, you can't trade you know, Gobert. Penny, pennies on a dollar, right? And I don't so, think I would. Honestly, if I'm going to trade one of them, it's Cat because I... You get that, more back. Yeah, you, you, you get, get more, more back. Return. And as as frustrating as this year was with Gobert and as lopsided as that trade looks right now, I do still think the potential to build a championship team is more possible with the Gobert at center than Towns. I just do, just because of what we know about Towns. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, I would be willing to, to trade both. <laughs> well, yeah. You, but, well, I don't think they're going to do that. But Yeah. Um, but, and here's the other thing, Mike. I mean, we all love Mike Conley and his professionalism, what he's brought. But, he, you know, how many more years you can get at him? They've got to they've got to find a point guard. Yeah, they you know? do. They do. They have to find, they've got to find a point guard here. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, you know, I mean, what is Nas Reed going to do? Is he going to yeah. want to go elsewhere, or does is there an opening for him if you can, you know, trade cat? I, th- I mean, this is a a fascinating off season. Um, 
to see how they're going to approach this and how they view it. Uh, you know, did they see enough to think, okay, this is not the way we're going to, you know, it's not going to work out the way they thought it was. Yeah. Remember when, it, when they made this, what did town say that day championship or bust? Yeah. Now huh. the, he'll come back and say, I was hurt and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I don't even, if he had played the whole year, Mike, I don't see this as a championship or bust no, thing. Not a chance. I, I just don't, I, I just don't think it fits. I don't think it works. No, I don't either. I think they thought it fit. I, I think they either overestimated their ability to figure it out or they, the plan they had just didn't work. I, I don't know how to, how else to frame it, but it just, it's never quite looked like it was the right plan. And, you know, and the other thing we got to think about now too, is like guys like Ant and Jade McDaniels are going to get expensive very soon. And you you can't yeah. be carrying, you know, an expensive point guard, two expensive centers, like something's going to have to give at some point here, salary wise, yeah. Um, because that's just, that's just, you can't have that many guys on, you know, max or close to max deals. So that's another thing that makes me think something's got to give this summer, but I don't know. They, they might be tempted to think otherwise, but I'm, I'm, I'm not there with this team. I, I think they, I think they played hard this year. I think they, they figured some stuff out towards the end and the effort was there, but even if the maximum efforts there, if that's, if, if out in five in the first round and a predictable exit, at that is kind of what you're what your kind of ceiling ended up being, then then you got to change it again. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like, are we really going to reward playing hard? I mean, that yeah, that we're that's, yeah, but <laughs> no, I mean, it's not. It's it's different than a moral victory. But I I was I, I liked the effort tonight. I guess it was yeah. it was it was more. Well, they more showed than, fight. I mean, they should. It's a elimination game, and and you know, Ant's going to show fight. And I, you yeah. know, they they showed fight, but I mean, you have a. I know they were shorthanded, but you have a team with Anthony Edwards. Carl Towns and, and Gobert. I mean, yep. you have, you know, guys that are, have some, you know, uh, stature that, yeah. so this is not like it's a new team, you know, no. that, um, that you might say that like it was Oklahoma city. Hey, you know, right. they showed fight and they, no, this right. is a team that this right. team is a built, a team that's built to win right now. And yeah. it's, it's gotta be beyond, uh, they showed fight, you know, and we can change the narrative, by the way, that this is a young team. This is not a young team. Aside no. And no. I mean, Jaden yeah. too is young, but man, I mean like Towns, Gobert, Conley, like all these, like all most of their bench players, Kyle Anderson, Carl Anderson Prince, like these yeah. guys are all veterans of yeah. Yeah. several years. So this is not like they're trying to figure it out with a bunch of second and third year guys. Like in the Correct. second, third year guys are some of their best players. So we'll, we'll yeah. see. I don't know. It's a, uh, you know, I, I don't think this is a surprise. I, I don't, I think if you would have asked me kind of where we would be with both the wild and the wolves at this point in the series, I think this is probably about what I would have expected that the, that the wild would be, you know, in the series, but maybe on the brink and that the wolves would be done about now. So I'm not, I'm not surprised, but it's still, you know, the playoffs, man, around here, it's just, it never, yeah, well, it's, the, the story is never good. It just seems well, like it's never good. That's, that's it. It's like, you know, no matter if realistically you think, okay, it's a long shot. Yeah. It's still the playoffs. And so, you right. you know, um, even with the, you know, yeah, I know it's eight versus one and that doesn't happen all that often or if ever, but you know, when you have ant and you have towns, you think right. oh, maybe they'll get hot one game. The wild, I think you're the frustrations there because you, they had a chance for the first time to really back a team into a corner Yep. And they j- just did not take advantage yep. of the opportunity. So it, yep. it's not, a, it's not a, to me, it's not a matter of them being overmatched or whatever. It's just, they, 
they had they didn't play well when they needed to, or they didn't convert and yep. capitalize when they needed to. Yep. Well, we'll see if they can do it Friday. Chip, appreciate it. Go read Chip's column, Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. We will talk again soon. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate Chip's perspectives and, of course, his willingness to stay up late with me after these late games. It wasn't so bad on uh, on Tuesday. The games weren't super late starting, but, you know, the Wolves game didn't get over till almost 11, and then there's still prep time, there's, there's recording time, stuff like that. So appreciate Chip. Shout out to Chip. One postscript to our wild conversation. I remember thinking about thinking back to last year's playoff series against the Blues and how special teams told such a big story in that series as well. I brought that up to Bill Guerin in his State Fair appearance with me in August, asking him, How do you get better on special teams, you know, with a lot of the same personnel? How can you improve? You know, that was a deficit in the playoffs a year ago. So I want to run that back because I cannot imagine Bill Guerin is happy right now. Another thing that was big in the playoffs last season, it was a storyline even before that, was special teams play, power play, um, penalty kill. And that, that told a lot of the story in that series. If you have a lot of the same personnel, how do you get better in those areas? Well, I, I think we have the personnel to do it because we've done it for stretches, but it's got to be more consistent. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think we can all help. I think our coaching staff needs to be better. I think our players need to be more consistent and listen to the coaches um, rather than just go off and do your own thing. It's got to be something that we work on on a daily basis. You're you're right. Our special teams hurt us, and there's no excuse for that, um, especially at that time of year. But you do see what happens if you're not on top of it, and it's not good. And again, listen, the playoffs are the ultimate small sample size, right? They're the microcosm of when things go wrong in the regular season over like a five or six game span, nobody really remembers it. In the playoffs, it's magnified, obviously, because the stakes are higher. The stats get condensed because you just look at five, six, seven games. So maybe this is just a blip. Maybe this is not a wholesale problem because the Wild did have improved special teams this year. Not great, but improved special teams. You, you might say, look, this is just a bad stretch. But you know what? It's a bad stretch at a terrible time. they got to get something fixed about this. And like I said, can't imagine, based on what Bill Guerin said in August, that he is happy at all with the way the special teams have again cost the Wild and pushed them to the brink of losing a playoff series for the third year in a row and a winnable one again at that. That'll do it for me today. Should have plenty of good stuff coming up later this week. Sarah McClellan will join me on a show later this week for sure. We'll have NFL draft stuff coming up. See if the Twins can beat the Yankees again. Don't be satisfied with just a season series win. Let's go for a sweep against the the Bronx Bombers. See if they can get that done. It's never dull in Minnesota sports. Always appreciate you guys listening. Back at it again tomorrow.